Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and, well, for once, I'm only joined by one absolute baller, my good friend Arman, back home in Zurich. Is there any point in asking how you are doing after this weekend? Maybe I should ask how how much has the buzz ebbed away? Um, Not really, still buzzing, still jumping around like a child. Already in training today, like uh, singing some songs. It's been good. It's been good. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. What what a way to start the international break with a massive smile on your was, face. Yeah. It was uh, like against Man United, it was the national break as well. So the, um, it's always good to go into in two weeks full of joy, you know, just relaxing. Yeah, for once, actually, even United fans don't hate it because that was some good, good drama at the end. We'll get we'll get to that. Um, yeah. And obviously, we will talk about the international break and how sad it is. Uh, I'll, I'm about also to do the 90 second update, but I want to quickly know what was the sweetest victory in your tenure as an Arsenal fan that you witnessed? Was was yesterday up there? Yeah, it was up there, definitely, because it's been so long and... It's just a team that broke my heart last year, so it was nice. But standing behind the behind the Reese Nelson goal, witnessing it live, like ten meters in front of me, some people say it's the greatest moment in the Emirates in the history. And I, what a lucky guy I am to have witnessed that. So I think it has to be. I think it has to be that. Yeah. Yeah, says a lot about the size of your club, you know, celebrating a 3-2 win against Bournemouth like that. I'm kidding. I know it was a huge moment last season in the title race. Needed to be <laughs> to mean more. But yeah, I, I'm not even going to list the sweetest victories because we had some against you that I, I don't want to, I don't want to draw your attention. No, no, I, actually, I that would, because you've been a Man United fan for a bit longer than I'm Arsenal fan, so. That's only due to the fact that I'm older than you. Um, Yeah, but still. It's a very, very good question. It has I, to be 99. I it mean, has to on. be 99. Yeah, I mean, that was that was when, like, my babysitter at the time was a United fan and I watched the games with him and that's when I, like, first yeah. watched United play and, you know, all the drama and, and yeah. obviously idealizing Beckham at the time. But really, How like, old were you then? I was four. When 99? Yeah, that's when I got my yeah, first okay. United shirt. But, yeah, okay, it, so that, but, but it wasn't really, it like, really you could... Count, yeah, then. exactly. You can't really yeah. say that was... I yeah. think the sweetest one... Um, that got you the most joy, let's say. Yeah. There's a couple that spring to mind. The A2 is up there, I have to say. That was a that was oh, a huge no, 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 that was big. Um that's up there. Then the 3-2 Van Persie winner against City in the last minute with the I with, remember in the derby, the free kick. That it was, was at huge. City, yeah. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, Wayne yeah, yeah. Rooney's overhead kick was a big one. The the Champions League yeah. semi-final win over Barcelona when Paul Scholes, Scholes scored the screamer was a big one. Oh, <laughs> The probably more ex- obscure one is when after the whole Suarez Evra racism row, the first game Liverpool came back to, to Old Trafford. That 2-0 win was massive. I think Wayne Rooney do one. I might, it might have, we might've conceded one. I might've, I might've ignored that, but Wayne Rooney scored twice. And I remember that the day was fueled by hate and and yeah. like the animosity between the teams was at an absolute max and um that felt like a big three points as well so those those are the a uh, few that come to mind yeah, you've yeah. made me feel good about united now yeah, which yeah i haven't done in a while so thank you for that um, not the the 2008 um Champions League final yes <laughs> I kind of don't categorize it because it's sweet. Like I'm talking sweet, you know, like yeah, yeah I know bit. what you mean. That was just a huge, you know, moment of joy. Yeah. And, and of course it's, it's up there, but in terms of, of sweetness and, and how much you want to beat the opponents because of who they are and because of, you know, the recent history yeah. or whatever, wherever you are, those are the ones that stand out more. Um, because Chelsea were fair opponents at the time, you know, you hated them, but you, you also respected them. You know, we, we, we just lucky had we had Ronaldo, who was the difference between the two teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to freestyle the 90 second update actually. Now I haven't, I haven't written anything down. Um, this is also due to, to Duran telling me he'd like, he likes to hear us talk about the Bundesliga a bit more and he gets his updates there. So I'm going to reel off the, the premier league results. Three, two, one, let's 
go. Luton Town lost 1-0 at home to Tottenham Hotspur and Tottenham Hotspur went top of the Premier League and that is still where they are sat now. Manchester United finally won a game at against Brentford. Scott McTominay scoring twice in a 2-1 comeback. Burnley lost to Chelsea, four goals to one. Fulham beat Sheffield. Everton beat Bournemouth. Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest drew 0-0. On Sunday, we had three draws, 1-1, 2-2, 2-2, between Wolverhampton and Aston Villa, Brighton and Liverpool, West Ham and Newcastle respectively. And then in the game of the round, Arsenal beat Manchester City, which Armin is very happy about. 1-0, the game we will talk about. But it was a bit shit. Uh, in other news, the Bundesliga top four all won their games. But when we talk Bundesliga, we have to currently talk about Serhu Girassi, who is the current top scorer. It's not Harry Kane. Uh, he's got 13 goals in seven games as Stuttgart sits second in the table. In La Liga, they have a new youngest ever goal scorer. Uh, Lamine Yamal is... 16 years old when he scores for Barcelona against Granada at the weekend. And finally, uh, Inter dropped their first points after being 2-0 up at Bologna on the weekend. Uh, and they are now second behind AC Milan. Actually, it's not the first time they dropped points. It's the second time, but they're not first anymore. That's what's relevant here. That's a quick roundup. I do want to draw our attention quickly to the Bundesliga just for a second. Because, I mean, Girassi, this dude, I, you really have to kind of pinch yourself a little bit he's 27 years old right he came from from Ren three two years ago three years ago two years ago and he's been like he's been shunted around the the league a little bit and from Lille to Auxerre to then to Cologne back to Amiens back to Rennes and then Stuttgart pinched him and they loaned him at first and then they took over took him over properly uh, for this year and now suddenly he's like hit this purple patch and he cannot for the life of him stop scoring right now. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's 13 and 8, is it? In Something 7, like I believe. In 7. In 7. <laughs> like, mean, what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I mean, I I actually, when I watch the highlights, like I, I always decide before the game if I'm skipping, like if... Let's say it's Heidenheim against Wolfsburg or something like that. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe I'm skipping that one. So I always decide, and I never skip Stuttgart in the even um, last year. I think they're always like, especially when they play at home. I think it's so exciting to watch them. It's always some drama, and he has always been like that guy who like fell over the, yeah. uh, his own laces and missed the goal, but. Then he scored again, so to see him now scoring like crazy, and Stuttgart is a very very cool club, I think as well. I, it's it's so refreshing in a way, and it's so it's so nice to see. And he's doing it so effortlessly. If you saw the hat trick uh, yesterday as well, it's uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's just one of those. He's like on top of his game right now, and everything he touches turns to gold. And I saw a couple of of Ren fans on my Twitter today was like they were like. How is this guy? He can't get a shot on target in a year and a half playing for Ren, right? He's struggling to even like get the first touch in and barely gets off the bench when he's at Ren. And now he's, I mean, seven in 13. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous numbers. And and it's interesting as well for the Bundesliga because we, I mean, listeners will know it's kind of our, our very strong second option for, for favorite league. And, and, you know, you always expect Bayern to just kind of run away with it or, you know, the, the, the top four races are, re- I mean, they're, they're usually what's interesting right now or, or at, you know, because the title is usually kind of decided fairly early on, but, but this year it, it, it looks on, I mean, Stuttgart are still up there. They're, they're also ahead of Bayern actually at the moment. Uh, Leverkusen are leading the way. Dortmund are level on points with Bayern, which is bizarre because German media's point has been painting Dortmund's season as like a catastrophe and they're comfortably sat on the same number of points as Bayern. It's it's shaping up to be a really cool season of Bundesliga football. Yeah, definitely. And um I don't really believe the um, like okay, it's it's not really special to say that, but Stuttgart at some point they're probably gonna um fall off the curve if some some key players are injured, like you know, Führich. Yep. He he plays amazing. I think he's got a call up as well for the national squad. I yeah. love to watch him as well. So direct, so 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 much courage. Um, yeah, and and Liverpool's now are really reminding me of Arsenal last season, you know, that starting eleven, which is just set, they're playing such good football. 
such good high press, such good um how do you say it? Like the patterns of play are really yep. really good. Really, it's a well balanced like, team with a very, very clear well, plan. Very balanced team with a very clear and very clear game plan as well. You know, they they start out like this, then they have some phases where they sit maybe sit back a little bit, have more of possession and don't really don't really go forward that much. They're not playing that direct. So yeah, they they're looking very good. And and again, like Arsenal last year, they have to keep their players fit. Yeah. It's and it you have to have some luck with that. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, I, I see a lot of parallels there if, when I watch them, and I when I see them, I, it always hurts me that I see Chuck not in our midfield because my God, we need them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, with it that. could be, could be, could be very interesting race with Leipzig as well and Dortmund if they can. Yeah, if it's can. it's shaping up to to be an interesting season. Uh, yeah, for sure. We have to talk about some one other dude. Um, who's causing absolute havoc in in Spain, and um, people are going to be pointing their fingers at me. So, what, what do you mean he's shit, Fabi? And I, I never said he's shit. Jude uh, Bellingham is an absolute uh, baller, and he is tearing it up in. La Liga. He's the leading La Liga top scorer, actually, on eight goals. It's crazy. Lewandowski second in five with five. Jude Bellingham is not a striker. <laughs> I just want to remind <laughs> everyone of this. But he just he can't stop scoring either. He's a bit like Girassi, really. He's just, I mean, this dude has just gone up another level in terms of everything. Quality, confidence, finishing. He's like crazy. What a baller. And and so exciting for England, surely. Yeah, definitely. And he He's one of those midfielders where they always got like a goal in them, like Gundogan as well. You know, they have this the the smell in the box. They know where the ball might bounce. They know where the ball might get to. So yeah, it's he's um he's definitely carrying the load at the moment there. Yeah, their the, their second top score goal scorer, ironically, is is Joselu, who's weirdly also doing well with with five yeah. goals. I think um, he's a good striker. Yeah, I mean. The, They'll, he's a placeholder for Mbappe, of course. But yeah, sure, definitely solid. All right, let's turn our attention to England, where roughly a quarter of the season is done. As I mentioned before, Spurs are top, level on points with Arsenal. If we just quickly draw a line here, look back. What what are the sort of headlines for you after these first eight games of Premier League football? Or Arsenal, or for no in general for, about the league, like the way it's going. Yeah, I think for sure we have to mention Tottenham. Um, how quickly Ange added, like adapted his style of football to the Premier League is really impressive. If they can go on like that, that is obviously the big question. Nobody really knows that. I think Aston Villa is very strong, which a lot of people I expected it, just just to to say it, but maybe a lot of people didn't didn't count them in as well. Brighton are really good. I didn't quite wasn't quite sure with Caicedo going with McAllister going, but it seems like Brighton doesn't really matter. You said it last time. It doesn't really matter how plays they, the consistency levels are really good. Who are we mentioning as well? Um, Man United for being shit. Yeah, Man United, Chelsea. I mean, we knew that there were some problems there. Obviously, Man United being much higher in the evaluation than Chelsea, but both of them are like a bit further down than we all expected. Um, there's there's two more standards, and we've mentioned yeah. both of them um, before on previous pods. One of them is Man City, who seem not to be running away with the title. Which was, I think, the fear after the first six games when they kind of all won all of them convincingly. Haaland was firing, and now since the Rodri red, uh, it's it, the wheels have come off a bit. They've lost in the cup. They struggled a bit in the Champions League. They still got the win, obviously, but and they've lost three domestic games on the bounce now after Arsenal. So it seems like they do have an Achilles heel, maybe, and and maybe if they like step their standards, they take their foot off the gas a little bit, they are beatable and and. Yes, injuries and stuff are concerns, but still, you know, it's it's. I think for someone who's not in the title race, like me, someone who's going to end up supporting <laughs> City from now until the rest of the season. Come on, man. Um, Come I have to. On. I mean, United aren't in just it one time. Not, no, there's no why way. not because of wankers like you who will rub <laughs> it in everyone's face. <laughs> um, but, but it's City. 
I'd rather have City than than <laughs> all United fans have been supporting City. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, from from a neutral, from a more like genuine neutral point of view, it is good to see that City won't just you know romp the league with a hundred and something points, and everyone else can just you know be left in the dust. And the other bit is also the the promoted sides. I mean, Burnley got their first three points against Luton the other the other week, but. I don't know. They they've all really disappointed me. They're all sat in the bottom four, and and Bournemouth is down there as well. And I'm worried for Bournemouth too. But all the others, they're just they're, they're in and around the relegation zone, and and I I'm a bit disappointed. I was hoping for more quality to come up, but it doesn't seem like none of them are also adding too much. I mean, Burnley try and play nice football, yes, but but the, the Sheffield and 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 Luton in particular, yeah. I just don't see they're what going they down. Add. No. Yeah. And I kind of want them to go down as well because I don't enjoy watching them. No, know? and and you know, with Luton, I was um, I, I was playing some, I was playing some for Champions, and then I saw a red card for Tottenham, and then I saw okay, the second half I'm gonna watch. Maybe it's gonna be now you have to go for it. You know, you're at home, yeah. you play against Tottenham, you have to go for the win or at least a draw. But it was just like they created some chances. But the no quality in the yeah. finishing, the touches were so sloppy, and the yeah. passing—it's they're just not—they're not good enough, and um, which is a shame because I like that. I like when the, um, the even the bottom sides always there's there's like this this something in the air, something could happen. But yeah, Luton, Sheffield—they're going down. There's, there's nothing they can do. I think. To, yeah, which to... is a bit of a shame i feel like yeah you already know it is and it we is. also and as you said because I, I had the exact same experience watching that game the lack of quality and it's not something that i see oh that will just develop you know those yeah. are those are, it's lack of quality it's not the pla- the patterns yeah. of player there and once the players have adapted to the tempo or whatever it, no it's just a simple they're not good enough they're bringing ross barkley on chasing games and yeah. his touch you know like there's just there's too many issues there i don't i don't see and i if either one of them stays up i'll be really surprised burnley yeah. have more of an idea i also yeah. think burnley lack quality but at least burnley have goals in them yeah which that's true. i think may might just make a huge difference to them um, and I, i'm in, not in that end. worried for i think i think bournemouth are playing a, a good good brand of football and i think they have quality as well so like uh, tavernier and solanke and um what's the scottish guy called uh, uh brook brooks no 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 oh, the, the left left footed like on the on the right wing What's he What's he oh my god. The one who cried in the interview when Scotland qualified for the Euros. I'm drawing a complete blank. Yeah. But ben, Ben's and... listening to us now going like what the Yeah, heck? he's going crazy. Fuck. And um... Clivert. They have some good players. Yeah, they do. They, 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 you're they talking some... Ryan Christie, of course. Ryan Christie. Yeah. And they, it, I think it, I like how they play. And they had their Liverpool, they played Liverpool already, Tottenham, Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal. So I think I think Bournemouth they will just stay up. I think just okay. they do have they yeah they new coach as well. They might gel eventually. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so that those are those are just the standouts from from the first sort of quarter of the season. It's obviously not exact with with thirty eight not being dividable by four, but more or less. A couple of other things. Let's talk about week eight of Premier League football. We'll, we'll turn our attention to Arsenal versus City in a, in a bit because I I know you want to and we should also. <laughs> um, I do you want to talk Liverpool versus Brighton? Brighton seem to be featured in this pod almost every week because almost whichever game they play, I think the the fewest goals any home game of them this season have has had is four. I mean, what they they just guarantee. <laughs> attractive games and and yeah. this one didn't disappoint either it was just two teams going for it two teams not scared to make defensive mistakes which they did to be fair yeah. um attacking each other from the get-go and and as you mentioned earlier you know brighton they had to rotate their team a little bit again and and the Serbia's not afraid of doing that but yeah. they still challenged and they still were at the races and they still gave liverpool a hard time for most of it and two to probably a fair result but just, I mean, it's so cool to see these attacking, these teams attacking each other and on all over the pitch and the pressing and the trying to play out the back on the other side and everyone getting involved. 
is that the is that your favorite brand of football is that you do like to watch that that stuff as well that sort of the high pressing high intensity the high pressing high intensity yes but what what i would say though brighton when they made the first the, the first goal was an obvious mistake playing out of the back and i think the serbi says to them look guys whatever happens we're going to keep playing out of the back whatever they press us which is fine but i think in some moments you're just going to have to maybe look this the serbi will probably disagree with me who who i am who am I to to charge that? He he knows a lot a lot more about about that than me. But I don't know. Sometimes just go over the top with Ferguson. You know when they press you like that. And the second mistake is again they try to play it out in the box. And they're probably Guardiola said they're probably the best team playing out of the back. So that's probably why the four goals in every game. So against Villa the same playing out of the back mistake. They press you. You're away from home and you, you concede six. You know, it, if that's what he accepts, then fine. And we love it because it's amazing. It's amazing how they play out of the back and it's amazing to see that many goals. But at some point, I don't know, Louis Dunk just played like Alex Ferguson. Uh, Alex Ferguson. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's late at night. Don't worry. Uh, Recording the, this at 11. The, 11 the other Ferguson. The other Ferguson. Evan. Evan Ferguson. Just... Um, get in behind and just knock it forward, and then you're already. You have the other team has to go back. You can go forward. You maybe even win the ball, win the second ball, and then you're already in the in the final third. Like yeah, because I think I mean it reminds me a bit of Guardiola as well, who who first yeah. when he came to Man City often died a beautiful death and you know eighty yeah. percent possession and and you can't actually get. A goal because you're you're always passing in your own half or in you know the the, the middle middle third and yeah. it feels and a bit the Emirates the same. they beat us like that exactly they, they knock it forward and and yeah. no shame and to be honest my favorite brand of football is probably the way Liverpool played in their best days I think that's yeah. that's what I would say is my favorite brand of football like high press uh, direct straight into the into the channels you know yeah good position play but not 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 overly complicating things you know yeah it's interesting to see we'll be interested to see if if bright never adapt their style of play for maybe sacrificing a bit of beauty for for grinding out a result here or there because they will want to maintain their european status and and yeah it, the fight is not going to be any easier than last season mm-hmm. let's talk man united which is in recent times been something i'm not too keen on and i tried really hard to like care less because that's what i do when they're playing badly i try to detach as much as i can because otherwise it starts affecting my mental health and um i i did quite well for 90 minutes i have to say i did quite well to just sit in silence and let it wash over me and (laughs) kind of follow a couple of city accounts on twitter pretending like Uh... i prefer them anyway and I was on my feet. I can't lie to you. I was on my feet, jumping up and down like a maniac, like I was 12 years old again, you know, uh-huh. going for Champions Leagues as we did when I was and um, celebrating Scott. Mc- and I I almost I was almost annoyed at myself for doing so. I was like, fuck, I'm trying not to care, but I can't. I love them. I love this club. Ugh. And they won. I mean, Scotty McTominay assisted by Harry, Harry Maguire. You couldn't you couldn't write this shit. Um, turning the game around for for United against a Brentford team who'd already celebrated the win. Basically, there's that famous clip on Ayer from Ayer who's like celebrating winning the the goal kick a minute before the equaliser <laughs> happens, and United fans are up and down. It's I'm fully aware that it's papering over the cracks. All these issues, all the issues we mentioned last week, they haven't gone away. The Sancho issue, the Maguire issue, the McTominay issue, the the Greenwood issue. There's so many problems. And, and man, the, the, we can't score goals. You, you're chasing a game. You're taking Casemiro out at halftime. You're taking Rashford off after 60 minutes. The, the, I, I don't even know where to start. It's so poor. But that result is huge and the manner in which we we scored those two goals can only give the club as a whole an absolute massive lift what are your thoughts on man united because you were always much more optimistic than i was (laughs) 
yeah, I think you're always a bit more pessimistic when it's your own club. But I think uh, it's a bit of a, it's almost a bit of a shame that it's the international break for them because now you you're like you're this fired up. You want okay now now let's kick on. Now we have this boost. Now we have that bit of luck that we missed in the couple in the last couple of games. I actually didn't see the game. Um, uh, but I normally I, I would like to I would I I like to watch like Man United I like just the big big clubs in general no matter who they play because I think it's always an interesting game against the smaller teams as well. Um, so yeah, I didn't see the game. I only saw the match of the day highlights. But it seems like it was a bit like nothing else was going on in that game as well. Like you didn't really create that much which is still a worry. And yeah, you had this boost mentally, but uh, it's still... I think it, As... it's, it's still not enough, you know? No, and I don't think it will be. And and one of the things that, that bothered me or that keep coming back to me to haunt me a little bit is the we've obviously gone back. United have obviously dropped levels over the summer. And now you can absolutely blame as we have done and as we have done rightly, you know, the ownership mess, the the lack of, of proper transfer activity of United needed a couple of extra players. And, and yes, there's a lot of injury concerns and still like that on, on the weekend, if you look at that back five or the back, back, back four, I should say, sorry none of that back four would play if everyone was fit. You know, you'd have Wan-Bissaka over Dallo, you'd have Lisandro Martinez and Varane over Maguire and Evans. And on the other side, you'd have Luke Shaw over, over Lindelof. You'd even have Reguillon over him. Yeah. So yes, there's still a lot of injury concerns and you can't negate that. And you can't also kind of make it a smaller concern than it is. Any team in this league would struggle if all four preferred defenders were out. Any. Definitely. 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 So that's that, that's you know that being said though there's a few basics that I thought Eric Ten Hag got so well last season the work ethic was there the idea the patterns of play were there you know it wasn't just we had an identity I I thought I saw something that made me go oh United are actually playing a certain brand of football we were talking about brand of football early in this pod and that's where I'm a bit mystified because I'm not seeing that anymore the way. And this is mainly, I'm also mainly talking about the the Galatasaray game in the Champions League in midweek, but also in this game, a lot of the time it's hope football. A lot of the time it feels like I'm not, we're not quite sure how we want to get the ball from the defensive line to the opposition goal. Do we go long into Hoyland and he drops it off? Do we have runners off of him? I don't know. Do we do we send it into Rashford and hope he does something? That's how it feels like most of the time. Just kind of pass it to Rashford and hope for the best. Bruno's kind of like on the right. No, he's in behind. No, he's on 10. You know, where did, where's his best position? We don't really know. Mason Mount was brought in as an eight and now he doesn't really play as an eight. The the striker we, we got in, Hoyland, he looks really good, has not yet scored in the prem there's just a bunch of of basic stuffs that i saw last season that i don't think injuries or or bad recruitment or whatever can really hold like hurt you know i think that's a 10 hard yeah. issue and and the way i mean like the champions league game where amrabat plays a high ball zero motivation zero conviction just kind of you know you're 2-2 you're a man down at old trafford you take the draw fuck it plays a high ball into into midfield into no man's land really and galatasaray one header and and icardi's through on goal and you're like what what even is the idea here you know mm. and you see them swinging in crosses from like halfway in the opposition half and there's only like hoyland and four defenders in the box and you're like what is the plan here? What what have and these are patterns, and we're gonna get into the city game in a second, but these are patterns I don't see from teams like City or Arsenal or or Liverpool or the top sides. I don't see them playing hope football, you know. If you do that for a city team, if you cross the ball without intent, if without me seeing where you're actually going, or oh Haaland's making a run, so he's trying to find him, you're off. It doesn't it just doesn't happen. They they take much better care with the ball than United do, and and that's worrying because those are things i didn't see last season and those are basics yeah do you think 
it's fair to say that Casemiro and Rashford and Bruno are having a bit of a terrible season. A hundred percent, yeah. I'm not too but, sure about Bruno. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, Bruno and Bruno's having awesome right, but I, it's always difficult for me to judge, and I don't know how you judge it. How much? How much percent of that is the manager, and how much percent is to blame on, 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 on themselves? You know, and that's that's so difficult for me to see because it seems like your offend your um attack is almost if Rashford's not really on it, then your attack is a bit. It's non-existent like, to be honest. With mediocre, you. yeah, mediocre. So absolutely, that's that's super concerning. And but I would 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 where I would uh, give Ten Hag some like um I say it credit. Some, no, not credit. Like I would be not that harsh with him. The defense is so important. Like if we didn't. Like just from an offensive standpoint, if we didn't have Sinchenko, Saliba, and Gabriel and Ben White to build, to play those passes through the lines, to have the strong structure to play the 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 good balls into Odegaard, into into Rice, into Saka, into Martinelli, it would not work. Trust me, it wouldn't, because th- these are players who are exceptional without the ball, but are exceptional with the ball. So I cannot say keep your doing a pass like like uh, um Saliba so it's not it really is really damaging if you don't have your full back for it i mean you can you can almost not judge a team when they don't have their top back for it it, it is like that and it's and it's just it's just um, bad luck and you know, it's nothing you can do about it that's that's a bit of a shame but if they're back, to be honest, I'm not really. If they're back, I think they're going to be jailing again. I think. Yeah, it's it is a shame because it feels like from a United point of view, you know, you're you're on twelve points, you're eight points behind Arsenal and Spurs. It feels like it's already a bit too late now. It's so many times you said it in the season, and then it's a complete turnaround. Uh, I mean, I agree with you, and then you look at last season's table, and yeah. United would have been in the title race without those six points they dropped in the first two games against Brighton and, and Brentford. Yeah. The the start, you know, you'll you're you'll always I always think of it this way, like you'll always lose your games towards the end of the season. You always drop points here and there. Whether or not that's devastating depends on how many points you've already got on the board. And it's such a cliche, but it's true, you know, like yeah. United are, are nine points down already. And they will not go on a nine like on like the thirty games, thirty wins, ninety points, no. unbeaten run now, you know. So yes, like they might the they might go on a run of form and 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 get back into it and and you know challenge, but then they'll also drop form again because that's inevitably what will happen to a team as patchy yeah. as this. So it does feel like too much ground has been lost, especially with all the other teams firing. You think um top four is still on or Incredibly difficult. I don't see a way past the current top four. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, don't worry. Liverpool, 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 Spurs, Arsenal, and Tottenham will drop off. Don't worry about it. And yeah, Man City. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's just alarming to see the, the manner in which we, we lost to Galatasaray as well. And Palace, obviously, a week ago. And, you can only hope that with with players coming back and and this turnaround, this last minute turnaround, uh, yeah, it seems like there. at the what so the would be demoralizing for me as a United fan is it's not like even that the the top four is then you have Villa, then you have Brighton, then you have um, uh, Newcastle, Newcastle as well. The, like oof, it's a lot of teams up there. Yeah. And the level is incredibly high right now in the Premier League, which crazy. makes it so exciting. Like, the, yeah. I feel like you have a top week, game every weekend, literally, or two at least, literally. Yeah, because like half the league is is our top teams. Yeah, yeah, which in return then leads to the other half being a bit iffy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna take a break, and then we'll we'll do you justice, and you can chat about. It <laughs> <else>. <laughs> See you in a sec. back 
to start with the negatives from the Arsenal versus Man City game. And this is this is this made me laugh actually when I was th- thinking how do we start this? What a shit game. There is no way around it. And I I was wondering like do we try and be hipster about this and be like no, but it was a <laughs> tactical battle and it was like a chess game and it was two managers at the highest order going up against each other. <laughs> for 86 minutes and it would have been for 90 had Nathan Ake not been incredibly unlucky let's be real this was the most nil nil game ever yeah but for 86 minutes it was just a bad game and you know what it was also poorly managed I felt like Pep didn't go at Arsenal enough he wasn't he didn't set up brave enough Bernardo Silva at number six was atrocious in my eyes and I love Bernardo Silva Rico Lewis ghosting around that number eight, ten-ish position did not work out when you have a Nunez on, on the bench. They the Arsenal's front four were injury ravaged. They did not really have that impact, especially in the first half. And City were not brave enough to capitalize. And kind of the opposite worked as well for Arsenal, which I think Arsenal were a bit more adventurous and maybe from Arsenal's point of view, and you're going to talk about this psychologically, they needed to be a bit more pragmatic about it and a bit more sort of laid back and couldn't really dominate as much. But I felt like fucking have a go at them. You know, these, yeah. this is a man city, not on top of their games on another day. I think if Arsenal had really, really gone for it, they could have ran away three nil. Um, and I just thought both managers were too scared and they were hiding behind the tactics. And and as a neutral, I was just like, this is fucking awful. You won't give a fuck. But you tell me what you thought, how the game was. Were you just so into it that it was you were just so tense or did you actually also realize how boring it was? Yeah, I don't know if you would run away with it, actually, if we were a bit more offensive, but because then there's space in behind and they... They play out of you because you press them and you make a mistake while pressing them and then then get onto you. So I'm not sure if we would have run ran away with it. But for Arsenal in for the long term, I think this was the perfect game to win this way. Um Holland didn't have a sniff at goal. We were really compact, really solid. Yeah, we were some some sloppy moments from Rea and from Jorginho sometimes. But I was like, I will. My heart beat in these games is so high anyway, so uh, it's okay that it's a bit more like, like st- stand on the ball, play it back again. Okay, breathe and breathe out again. So now we go back. We we lay the foundation. So now it was it was it was good for me. I was I was uh, nervous already. So totally one hundred percent fine and happy with it. And uh, yeah, but we, you know, you you cannot dismiss that we miss soccer, and without soccer, it's just not the same offense. And because we don't have a natural replacement for soccer, the right side, I think Jesus did it well, but Jesus then missed the middle part, you know. And Eddie, ah, oh, Eddie, it, my ups and downs with Eddie is crazy. Like you can you can put the highlight reel on the on. On YouTube, from from my recordings, when I loving Eddie and when I'm hating him, no, not hating, but like cussing at him in front of the TV. So it's up ups and downs with Eddie, but I think now he he has he he became, he got a lot of chances, a lot yeah, of chances. I completely agree. I mean, I like want to talk about season Raya after in a season. Second. Yeah, I want to talk about Ryan in a second, but to me, it just feels it's like just. <sighs> Yeah, it's just this. Now, he's twenty four now, Eddie. We've given you a lot of chances, and yeah, you. He made some great games, but I think it's now time to move on. And if you're gonna be just as not... nitpicky as you are yes. about Ramsdale, yes, then exactly. there's no way Eddie and Ketia can that keep was his my, place. What my friend was exactly what my friend was saying as well, who is an Arsenal fan. We, when we are ruthless with this. You cannot win a Premier League with Eddie and Ketia. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of the Raya situation, let's let's talk about that for a second. Because 
Ramsdale, you kept harping on about how he's the best goalkeeper. I didn't really believe it. No, no, no. I'd said he was the best goalkeeper last year. Yeah, yeah, last season. I'm talking last season. You kept saying he's the best goalkeeper in the league. Yada, yada. I didn't believe you. Most people didn't believe you. Most Arsenal fans believed you. (laughs) Mikel Arteta didn't, and he got in Raya, and Raya's been playing every game since he started his first one. And I see why because his distribution at times was very impressive some of the passes he sprays around but we're talking here the longer passes right we're talking here the sort of 60 70 yard passes into into feet of of wingers mainly yes impressive he also had about three very shaky moments and this was not the first game and when we saw it in the champions league as well giving the ball away, risking too much. I feel the heartburn every time I see Onana with the ball watching United. Very similar. And this got me thinking, is it really worth those couple of extra passes, let's say three a game, to go through the heartburn? Because good teams, good pressing teams, will now start targeting it. And he definitely got a kick from Arteta at halftime because he was taking too many risks. So my question is, is is this rotation in the goalkeeper position, is it worth it in the long run for, for Mikel Arteta? Because he will eventually give away a cheap goal like this. We've seen it happen for Brighton. We've seen it happen for you against United. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I can see your point, but I think Raya is that good with the ball that... Yeah, he had a bad. He had didn't have the best fifteen minutes, but like every other player in every other position, people can develop, people can learn, and I think Raya is exceptional keeper. I think his like his game against Everton away and Bournemouth away, they were so good. They were nearly tens out of tens. Like how he played the ball perfectly, like with the perfect those and through the line sometimes like sometimes you i know it's risky and i sort of said it with brighton before so i'm gonna sound hypocritical but sometimes you you need that that pass from a goalkeeper just to get you out of jail and against Bournemouth, we had it like three five times where he just passed the ball through the line and then we could go and i think we scored two times from them so yeah against liverpool and city we need to adapt like every other player needs to adapt when he plays against Kyle Walker or when he gets, when he plays against, I don't know, tell me a shit, uh, left back or right back. I don't know. Well, I was going to go with Erling Haaland. You have to adapt your game. Yeah, exactly. So every opponent, you have to adapt your game and I'm sure he will learn from every experience that he makes. He seems like a very, um, intelligent, uh, nice guy. So, I love Ramsdale, but Raya, he's just he's just a bit better, I think. Fair enough. Interesting. I was watching going, this is not worth it. But, you know, I'm also not managing Arsenal. Yeah. I've got a podcast with five listeners, including my mum. <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, Arsenal, though, I, I know you And my mum as well. <laughs> and your mum. Hi, mum. Um, <laughs> speaking of Arsenal, let's chat quickly about their defensive masterclass. I know I, I we already texted about this. I was very impressed with Sinchenko. You were very impressed with the centre half, Saliba and Gabriel. Back to the roots, back to 22-23, and it worked to absolute perfection, didn't it? Yeah. Amazing. And I'm not going to go on about it uh, a long time, but... Uh... When Holland searches in a counter-attack situation, Holland searched the contact with Saliba. And Saliba went like, okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the contact. And he completely bullied him. And when I saw that on TV Live, I thought, You're not scoring today. You're not showing off your long hair today, my friend. Today you're not gonna do nothing. <laughs> and it was just so it was so good. I rather honestly. I rather win one nil yesterday than three two. Normally, I would rather win three two, but yesterday against City, to only give them four shots, four, 
is it's just amazing. And yeah, they don't have De Bruyne, but it was just so satisfying to see that that like yeah, you're not gonna do that every game, but now that you've accomplished it, it's like we can see how high our ceiling is. And Gabriel and 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 Saliba are for me the best centre back duo at the moment in the Premier League. And I don't think anyone can argue that. Well, I'm sure you'd find a Spurs uh, fan who'd argue about yeah. Van de Ven and Romero. Yeah. And he might even have a point, or she. Uh, but but let's stay on Arsenal for a second. I, I They kind of experimented a little bit and, and now have seemed to found, find their strongest setup, their strongest team, which is, I think, always a sign of a, of a good team. You know, you know your best 11 and there's not really anything you can do, even though you know who's going to play, you can still not stop them. Segwaying over to Man City, again, you mentioned De Bruyne there, injuries. I thought they really, really missed Jack Grealish in that game. I feel like a bit of a sort of a wide outlet would have done them the world of good. I would have loved to see Grealish against White on that left-hand side. I think that would have been an interesting matchup. Is... There's two personnel question marks that I want to go talk about. Obviously, there's the big Rodri one. Three games without him, three defeats. Massive loss for them. The other one is Erling Haaland. Is, have, I'm going to sound so silly here, but have having watched him against Dawson, against uh, Wolves last week, and now against Saliba, is our Premier League centre-halves wising up on how to play him? No, no, I will never say that. The thing with him is that our standards are so, expectations are so high of him that once he doesn't score two games or three games, everybody's like, well, everybody found Haaland is not the same anymore. And any other striker, nobody would really speak. Yeah, maybe Harry Kane, Lewandowski, some would maybe speak about it. But, you know... I'm not really concerned for that. I think, like some people say, oh, he only had eight touches. It it doesn't really matter because yeah, he's had game where he's I, had he's had seven and yeah, scored a hat trick. <laughs> and you don't, as a city, as a, a city, me personally, I wouldn't want him to get touches. Like he shouldn't drop off like Harry Kane because he, he or maybe he can develop that. At the moment, he, he that's not his quality. His quality to be in the box to be at the last line of defense and to run in behind and not only for him but for teammates to make space him most of the time like the they're in low block two center backs are occupying him that's already better benefit and if you can't find him that's your fault that's the fault of of, of Alvarez that's the fault of Foden it's not his job and that's where maybe Holland as a player is a bit reliant on his teammates, on good teammates. But when he has the right teammates, I mean, I don't have to talk about it. He has everything. So the question is now, do you want him to be that Harry Kane and to drop deep? And But he's, he's not that type of player. And when you find him, he's going to get you the reward. So in some way, yeah, you could say, maybe, maybe you can nitpick and say, your run there was not perfect or you should have maybe dropped off there but i think he's just missing he's just missing his, his body kevin and um that's maybe the the limits like every player has his limits that's maybe the limit of holland is maybe that he's a bit reliant on on, on good teammates and especially when you play for city and not for dortmund you're not having you don't have space in behind and you just don't, everybody's playing a low block against you most of the time, five in the back and two centre-backs occupying you. So, yeah, sometimes you need to be a team player and, and just say, you you guys, you're going to have a bit more space and I'm just going to be like the, now you say it, the, oh, my English is, is it's not really amazing. The goal scorer. No, like the guy who's occupying people that other people have more space. Oh, the decoy. Yeah, yeah, the decoy, the decoy. I was searching that word, the decoy. Yes, it, it so, helps. Yeah, me, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry at all. What helps me as a United fan, and, and we discussed injuries earlier, it's this 
realization you know you're missing Rodri you're missing Kevin De Bruyne you're missing Jack Grealish John Stones who's now back obviously but still teams struggle when their first yeah, choices yeah when their first choices aren't available teams struggle it's just so simple it's it shouldn't yeah. really come as a surprise but Manchester City without Rodri did you think yeah did you think maybe Calvin Phillips should have played and then they could have gone with a bit of a more traditional formation and gone with a four the four three three where they always play because I find this so hard to judge man I mean a lot yeah. of people were, were shouting he, for I mean, it he's and, a good and, player yeah looking back of course yes Calvin Phillips should have played but you don't know how he trains you don't know especially no. you don't know what Pep wants from his players in those positions it must feel unbelievably difficult for for Calvin uh, Phillips at the moment to kind of see who who is gone in the pecking order above him you know Rodri's out and you'd expect him to kind of slot in and then Kovacic does a madness should probably even get a red card and you're sat there going wow this guy still can't get a game and then he doesn't even bring him on later on and and brings John Stones on instead and you're you're it's harsh looking back of course yes maybe Calvin Phillips should have been playing but without seeing how he does in training and stuff I you know Pep will probably have his reasons it's almost like a bit like the thing with Ricolo is maybe he wants if he wins then he got it's like a Pep masterclass in a way and it was like it's a bit like last year where they were just messing about Diaz wasn't really playing and um and Lewis was playing and they were playing all sorts and then once they go in their rhythm March April May so that's why I would never get carried away and think oh City are not that are not on form. Maybe it's a chance. Yeah, I will not the, fall in that trap again. Yeah, this is the this is the the thing though, right? This is the last the last question of today's podies has to be. Do we believe City are beatable? Yes, they are beatable, but you need to be really good to beat them. <laughs> such a, such a Swiss answer. Let's say it like that. Beautiful. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Switzerland, uh, let's just. You think we can do it, Pep? Arsenal. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I and I think I don't think so because Gary Neville tipped us to win the league. Yeah, I know, but Gary Neville also sometimes talks shit. Um, (laughs) No, listen, I, I, there is a very, 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 very small part of me. Like a tiny, how, minuscule. How many varies do you want to get? I can't stress it enough how tiny it is. That would like City to, to just City's dominance to break, you know, and someone else to win it. And it's not going to be United. Do you know, so. Maybe they're a bit hangover. There's still some alcohol in their blood, you know. Jack Grealish definitely does, judging yeah, by that does. one video from summer. But no, but in, in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I don't think the level required of the level of of luck with injuries, the level of consistent performances from key players, I don't think it can be sustained by anyone other than Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. I just don't see it. Unless City get like an injury plague to the extent of that we've never heard of, and then they'll lose the title. Coronavirus outbreak cannot yeah, something go, like um, that. Something like this. Yeah, something I don't like know. That. I don't want a wish harm on anybody. That's why I didn't want to say it. Yeah. Okay, my dear, this is all we have time for. It's the international break. Uh, what are you going to do? I have some time to do some stuff for uni now. So <laughs> my weekends are not that fully booked. It's good. Yes, and we can play Weekend League. The new FIFA is yeah, out. Yeah, I've got good. my FPL on Wildcard, which is great. You already um, activated it. Yeah, I activated it like a, f- a minute after the, the game <laughs> unfroze. That's what I'm gonna do next week as well. Yeah, it was great. It's, it it yeah. feels so liberating. It's it's so, it yeah, was such a good true. decision. You want to do a wildcard every weekend, don't? You? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem now. <laughs> okay, my friend, I thank you. I thank all our listeners. Uh, do follow us wherever you can. And uh, who are Switzerland playing? Well, they were going to play uh, Israel, but because of the situation in Israel, the game's now been postponed. So mm. now I believe they they only play one team next week, which is Romania. Okay. Who are England playing? You know that Italy and some someone else, but Italy. 
If Southgate uh, throws in Saka, I'm going to be so... No, Saka dropped out. He's already home. He's not going. Oh, nice. Yeah. Going to pay him a visit. Yeah, there you have it. Um, Cool. Take care. Goodbye. actually quite impressed by the recording that the pgmol released after the liverpool spurs game last week mm-hmm. did you listen to it i listened to it yes what did, what did you think yeah i think it was really i was talking with my mates about it and i was saying like they released audios before of other decisions like newcastle arsenal i think the handball which they correctly um checked and it was not penalty like it was textbook almost so i thought okay yeah sure you show these ones where it's perfect but like show the audio of this one and they actually did so i my my anger was almost a bit cured this way because i saw okay it was a clear miscommunication it's still very very disappointing and it's very concerning that mistakes like these can happen like it's like simple communication mistakes, but it's good that they came out and they showed the audio and it was clear. Okay. Yeah. This was the mistake there. You could see it, um, analyze it, make sure it doesn't happen again. Make sure maybe you have a, that you, that is like, there's a, like in the military in a way, there's a correct or a, a, a strict, um, way of saying s- certain stuff and yeah. then everybody knows what you mean when when you say check is over but uh, check is completed but you're not speaking from the same checking then yeah it's it's difficult but i'm i hope i hope and looking at yesterday's game i'm not really sure how much hope there is um we can see some better refereeing in the future because, as I said, that seems to be only in the Premier League where the refereeing is, I think we can say, abysmal. It's, it's not a, it's, it's not up to the standards of the play. That's the big it's, problem for me. It's really, it's really bad and it's yep. been going on for years now. Yep. For me, it, as as you said as well, the, just understanding what was said, hearing their voices, hearing the dismay in the assistant's voice when he realizes, yeah. "Fuck, yeah. this is a this is a massive fuck up." <laughs> I it actually helps. felt for the guy. Yeah, you start feeling for the guy, and suddenly you're like, "Oh, actually, that sounds like something that could have happened to me as well." Yes, yeah, sure. That being said, however, it's <laughs> unbelievable in that in that ninety or so seconds of audio they released, maybe like hundred and five seconds, I think it is. Not once does anyone in the VAR room say the word on side. They didn't even <laughs> yes. say offside. Not once That's is it true. uttered. And I'm thinking, right, VAR, what's the... Because I'm applying for jobs at the moment. So, like, I, <laughs> you, you, you see all these, like, skills required, right? And there's a little checklist. And there's about three skills that come to mind, right? One, know the football rules. Know the fucking rule book. Two, <laughs> be assertive. Make good decisions. And three, communicate well, right? Three fucking things to do. Three jobs. And just on... They might have known the rules. Sure, I hope they know the offside rule. But just on point three, communicate well, especially when you can't see each other. they have It's an abysmal mistake. It's a fucking beginner's mistake. It's so tetchy. And that was really alarming. That was really, really alarming. And yeah, yeah as you said, we can only hope it leads to, to better things. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, and like... 
why did they rush it that way? Like, why didn't give the their moment of breathing space? But yeah, it's, it it happened now. So, so did you see the 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 Brighton fans? They they, they what they were chanting because they didn't give the handball correctly. To be honest, for Virgil Van Dijk, yeah. like they they saying like. We want the replay. We want replay. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of Twitter accounts like, mocking this and, and asking for replays from games played yeah. in the 2000s and stuff. I want to I want to replay needed. some games from from last season then, Mister. Yeah, and you'd have the Champions League final 2006 again, wouldn't you? Yeah, f- f- thank God I wasn't conscious in this time of football. Yeah, so. lucky boy. Anyway, 